Hi, and welcome to the podcast today. I'm going to talk about understanding thought. I was thinking about this this morning, and I thought it would make a great podcast because when we begin to pay attention to what it is that we're thinking, we pay attention to the things that we hear talking to us in the back of our minds, which is really fascinating if we pay attention and listen, creates a feeling inside of us. And those feelings create reactions. And those reactions create the results of the things that we find we experience in our lives, whether they're behaviors or we attach the label ego to it or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is. And I love to look at Eastern religion. I love to look at more deeply into Catholicism and Christianity from a mystical point of view, not the dogmatic point of view, because I believe that they offer and they share, all of them, a sense of freedom and transcendence and an opportunity for self-exploration in ways that maybe we were not raised with and I think that what happens is is we can mix and match these elements and what we find when we go more deeply into them is they all offer the same information just in a different way, maybe in a way that was softer and we don't relate to the harshness that we think we were raised with or maybe we feel that our beliefs are softer than some of the other harsh we might call them realities. We got to label it as something because we're always comparing things in order to understand our experience. And I think we talk a lot about being a spiritual being and we don't really understand what that is because we're trying to filter it through a mind that already is loaded and laced with its own beliefs and its prejudices. And those beliefs and those prejudices and those ideas create an intolerance for other people's beliefs and ideas. But when we really seek to understand another person, whether it be in a marriage or a friendship or a romantic relationship, familial relationships or working relationships, we begin to understand when we pay attention that we have this clamoring mind. And all of our thoughts and our ideas are chatting endlessly in the background, trying to influence us with one concept or another. For example, if you're having a conversation with somebody you work with and you have a deep-rooted fear of not being able to trust people, that monkey mind is in the background and it's jumping from idea and fear and, and deceit and all the other things that it can imagine going back and forth. And what are they trying to do? Are they trying to take something from me? Do they want my position? Are they trying to get me fired? Do they really like me? Are they really being kind or do they have an agenda? And we do this in relationships too. Is he cheating on me? Does she just want me for my money? Does she really love me? Does she really think I'm beautiful? Why did they look at that other person that way? Why were they flirting with that other person? That makes me feel insecure. That says this about me. And then you go on the attack. Or maybe you take on the victim role. Either way, it's a ploy to attack somebody and affect the balance and the peace in your mind. And as I began to pay attention to my mind, 
and this is a form of meditation. And I began to recognize and listen to what was being said. I was just blown away with the trash that's in my mind. And these thoughts are clamoring for attention, trying to disrupt my peace, trying to take away, if you will, what I was trying to establish. So if we say that this crazy monkey mind represents the inner critic, you would be correct. It's the part of myself that I realized would not shut up. And it was constantly pointing out to me all of the things that could go wrong, all of the self-doubt that I had, the insecurities that I had, the upbringing that I had thinking that some person was doing something to me that they may or may not have been doing. And we are absolutely sure, and we put our foot down, that they are doing that. Yet someone else will perceive it differently. And if we will take just a moment to recognize, you know what, those are my beliefs. I'm going to drop those beliefs. And I'm going to step in to trying to look at it or just looking at it from a new perspective. It's amazing what happens. And this is where when you change everything changes. You see, that voice insists on being heard and it makes you want to shut down and it makes you resist. And you know why? Because those are your old beliefs and that's okay. You're not a bad person. You're not a failure. If you have these things, trying to shut it down is probably like waging war on it because that's what it was like for me. I could feel it up my spinal column. And I thought, God, this is so powerful. What do I do? How do I overcome these nagging, you know, fake beliefs and ideas that don't have to exist? What do I do? I really struggled with it. And, you know, that mind is saying, you know, you're not good enough and you're not attractive enough and you're not lovable and you should be more. And then we protect ourselves and we don't want to be vulnerable. And then we go on the attack. And when does it actually work for us when it's sabotaging our own happiness? So this is what I did. The first thing I did, as I said, you are going to pay attention to your thoughts. And Dr. Joe Dispenza said this very early on, that he said, I am not going to let a thought pass through my mind. It was when he was in traction from the very original accident that he had on his bike during that triathlon. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. And I am telling you, I have been doing it for years. It's that kind of a process. To this day, he still does it. So I started to catch it and I started to pay attention to what it was telling me. And I realized I was so used to hearing those voices that I would repeat them. And so I started to pay attention to the things that I started to say. For example, I would say, God, I'm not stupid. Now, where would that come from? And no one, I think, ever really told me that I was stupid. But they did other things that as a young child, we have no idea how to handle any sort of emotional assault. And so we download the information and we create this idea, well, maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I can't learn. And then if there's any sort of abuse behind that, if you've seen with kids that they term ADD or ADHD, they check out. 
So it blew me away. And you, and then you think things like, you know what, I'm just stupid, so I'm going to just give up. And you don't really hear the words, I'm going to give up. You're trying something and you're like, this is just too hard. Screw this. I don't have time for this. No, you know what? Ask yourself, how badly do you want something? Are you truly invested? Do you truly want to learn what it feels like to love yourself, to really love another human being, and to allow yourself to be loved? Now, if you allowed anybody to speak to you in a way that was condescending, just like your inner voice does, would you feel at home with it? Would you say, yeah, they're probably right and fight anyway? Think about that because that's what a lot of us do. We assume maybe they're telling the truth. Maybe they've really seen the ugly side of me. Maybe I am that. And we beat ourselves up. When we start to pay attention, the critic is like that little devil that sits on your shoulder. And when something good happens, it goes, wait, wait, wait. This could be too good to be true. You see? You go out, you ran two and a half miles, you were tired that day, and your inner critic says, you're so lazy, you could have done five, you just wanted to get back and eat the Boston cream pie, and you don't even have any Boston cream pie on your counter, but you're thinking, yeah, you know what, I'm just lazy, and I just fail at everything because what I really want is the Boston cream pie. And the reason you want the Boston cream pie is because the Boston cream pie makes you feel good. It is another form of feeling good when we eat foods like that. And so what we're doing is creating new habits, new positive addictions. You can still have Boston cream pie. You might tell yourself, I'm going to run the five miles so I can have that big piece of Boston cream pie. And I'm going to feel good about that. And you've got to grab that critic by the throat and you've got to shove it in the corner and tell it you're going to cut its tongue out if it doesn't shut up because you're in control. Those are not your thoughts any longer. We worry that when people want to be our friend, that if they find out that we're really this big, fat, defective, insecure being, they're not going to hang around anyway. Or when somebody says, hey, do you want to go rock climbing? And you think, yeah, and you love the idea. And then you start to find all the reasons that you can't, but you know what? You want to do it. So you train. And maybe you run and maybe you swim and maybe you're riding your bike and you start bouldering at a climbing gym. And instead of saying to yourself, good job, and marking it on your calendar every day, how you've done something different or you've added something to your training. Do you say to yourself, yeah, but you know what? You're never going to be as good as those pros. Yeah, but you know what? You're just not as fast as those people. Is that what you do? Because a person that you're supposed to be competing with is your old self, the self that you're trying to overcome. And so what I learned to do is to separate myself from the noisy chaos in my head and I started to pay attention that I was identifying with an old identity, something that was really outdated, something that I didn't want to be, words that I did not want to live by. 
So I listened really closely and I paid attention to what Judah Krishnamurti said. Lean into it. Don't leave it. Don't get up and do something else. Don't think about something else. Don't think about, well, this is why I'm doing it. And blame your mom or your dad or whoever hurt you in the past. Stop doing that. He said, lean into it. Pay attention to your thought because all they are are thoughts and they're not your true self. And so I sat and I made myself stay with it. And just like Krishnamurti said, it vanishes and you become more aware. So the next time that you're beating yourself up or you're angry or resistant or hurt or sad or depressed, Instead of saying to yourself, I'm angry, I'm depressed, I'm hurt, I'm a piece of shit, or whatever it is that you think, just look at the feelings. They're not you. It's the most wild thing, but it feels like there's this invisible wheel inside of you of energy regurgitating old thoughts and feelings. And you know what you find? They're temporary. And you can say to yourself, not I am angry, but whoa, I'm feeling a lot of anger here. I'm feeling really depressed for some reason. I'm going to sit in this and I'm going to observe my thoughts and I'm going to incorporate this mindfulness into my daily life. Yeah, you're not going to be a Buddha. You're going to have your ups and downs. Trust me. The moment that you say a Buddha, you're a Buddha, you're not because a Buddha knows better. See, Buddha showed us how to meditate to tame those insane monkeys jumping around in our mind. Buddha didn't have us fight them. He had us lean into them, just like Krishnamurti teaches. Because when you fight those monkeys and you try and banish them, whatever you resist persists. Resistance creates persistence. Remember that. You don't have to spend every day in quiet meditation, although it's one of the most peaceful things that you can do if you allow yourself to have that time. It's like taking a dessert break for the soul. It's like that Boston cream pie for the soul. So you focus on your breath and you by observing, realize that your mind will submit to you if you do not allow your um, emotions and your neurological system to react. So one of the biggest things I learned was to manage my thoughts by paying attention to them. And it is transformative and it's not easy. And I trip and fall like you wouldn't believe. And I recognize that mind and those beliefs when I'm tripping and falling. Show me that I'm separating myself from my harmony because of old thoughts, beliefs that I hold within myself. You're going to get better and better at this. And you're going to have greater control over your inner reality and your outer reality. Because change is possible when you become aware and you act in a way that is mindful because you've changed. And when you change, 
And this is a deliberate change that you're making. And the funny thing is, is that other changes come and they are byproducts of this deliberate change that you're making. And your life becomes magical. You're going to have your ups and downs because in this world, we have this measuring stick. And to know when things are really good, we have to have those bad moments. And when we have those bad moments, we have to remember that it always comes back to good. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for listening and please make the world a better place.